Hello everyone, welcome back to Bible Backdrop. Thank you so much for listening. I know I missed the last scheduled episode and I apologize for that. I had to go out of town very suddenly and when I returned I had a very busy week. But as promised, I'm starting a new series given the background of the cities and areas that Paul sent his letters. This episode, we'll take a look at Corinth, and then the next episode, I'm going to take a look at Galatia. Let's start with some geographic details about Corinth. It was located 50 miles southwest of Athens, and two miles south of the narrow isthmus that formed a land bridge between mainland Greece and Peloponnesus. The current city of Corinth is right on the northern Mediterranean. However, the ancient city that Paul visited was south of the current city. Economically, it was a bustling trade town. Instead of adding 200 miles to their journey by going around the Peloponnesus, sea captains would go to the Isthmus of Corinth. Smaller ships were dragged across the Isthmus, while larger ships had their cargo unloaded and boarded into another ship. Historically, Corinth was originally a city-state, also called a polis, similar to Athens and Sparta. It flourished from around the 8th century to around the 5th century BC. It was a member of the Achaean League, which was 10 to 11 city-states fighting against other leagues for dominance in the area. These were known as the Macedonian Wars. During the Second Macedonian War, the Achaean League joined with Rome to fight the other city-states. Soon after, however, the relationship between the League and Rome deteriorated. In 146 BC, Roman legions under Lucius Mummius attacked and burned the city of Corinth and left it a heap of ruins. In 46-44 BC, it was rebuilt by Julius Caesar as a Roman colony. It's the second version of the city that Paul visits. The majority of the population was Greek, but it also had a lot of Roman military veterans, with some Phoenicians and Phrygians who were Greeks that inhabited central Anatolia, or what today is known as Turkey. When you read the letters to the Corinthians in Luke's account in Acts 18, you also notice Latin names such as Aquila, Priscilla, and Crispus. Its population count ranged somewhere between 100,000 to 700,000 people, most of which were slaves. There was also enough of a substantial Jewish population that they had a synagogue. Now a Roman colony, Corinth became the capital of the province of Achaia. Rome poured a substantial amount of money rebuilding the city. They added new shops, public buildings, an amphitheater seating 14,000, and a large public marketplace. When Paul gets there, it is a beautiful, modern, and industrious city. It is also thoroughly immoral. First, it was the home to the Temple of Aphrodite. The temple included 1,000 cult prostitutes who plied their trade in the seafaring town. Many sailors and traveling salesmen passed through and spent their money indulging themselves in the city's temptations. In his book, Letter to the Corinthians, William Barclay writes, quote, She had a reputation for commercial prosperity, but she was also a byword for evil living. The very word, Corinthians este, to live like a Corinthian, had become a part of the Greek language and meant to live with drunken and immoral debauchery. Elian, the late Greek writer, tells us that if ever a Corinthian was shown upon the stage in a Greek play, he was shown drunk. The very name Corinth was synonymous with debauchery, and there was one source of evil in the city which was known all over the civilized world. Above the isthmus, 
towered the hill of the Acropolis, and on it stood the great temple of Aphrodite, the goddess of love. To that temple there were attached 1,000 priestesses who were sacred prostitutes, and in the evenings they descended from the Acropolis and plied their trade up the streets of Corinth until it became a Greek proverb, it is not every man who can afford a journey to Corinth. In addition to these cruder sins, there flourished far more recondit vices, which had come in with the traders and the sailors from the ends of the earth, until Corinth became not only a synonym for wealth and luxury, drunkenness and debauchery, but also for filth. End quote. In addition to the temple of Aphrodite, they also had a temple to Poseidon, the god of the sea, representing their livelihood, and the god of earthquakes, which was always a constant danger in the area. There were also temples to Apollo, Hermes, Venus Fortuna, Isis, Asclepios, and to the Pantheon, which was all of the gods. It's really interesting that Paul looks at this and sees fertile ground to establish a church. Corinth was also home to the Ismithian Games. These were biennial competitions second only to the Olympics and done in honor of Poseidon. The winner received a crown of wilted celery. This may be Paul's reference to a perishable crown in 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27. One interesting archaeological find that you can see in the original city of Corinth is the Bema. We see this in Acts 18:12 when Luke talks about the judgment seat of Galileo, the Roman proconsul. The Bema was a speaker's platform where Galileo passed judgment. The Jews in the city accused Paul of trying to convert Roman citizens to Christianity, which was illegal. Apparently, the evidence was so flimsy that Galileo dismissed the case. Paul constantly had issues with this church. This isn't terribly surprising given the raging immorality in the city and the fact that it was a seaport. This meant people were constantly passing through and may have been spreading heresies and idolatry. The two letters that are part of the Bible were not the only letters Paul wrote to Corinth. He mentions at least one more and alludes to another so that he may have written up to four letters. Well, that's it for this episode of the Bible Backdrop. I hope you enjoyed learning a bit about Corinth, and this will give you some context the next time you're reading those letters. Next episode, I'll tackle Galatia and then Ephesus. If you want to get in touch with me, please email me at biblebackdrop at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and review. Thank you so much, and have a great week.